النفس تشكو ومن يدري بما فيها سواك يا خالق الدنيا وباريها النفس تشكو ومن يدري بما فيها سواك يا خالق الدنيا وباريها روحي على الدور طول الليل ساهرة تأس الجراح ولا تئن في طرقات الريح ضارعة يا رب يا الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن ولا What's going on? MashaAllah Here we are It is the R&B voice edition of SwissCast Yes, from time to time my voice goes out on me and uh, it goes from like, you know, regular sort of baritone to like more towards like uh, Sheikh Hosuri and then towards the end of it, it basically ends up somewhere between Aaron Hall and Barry White. You don't know who Aaron Hall is? You need to check yourself, mashallah. Oh, maybe Auzubillah. But what's going on? Welcome to SwissCast. It's great to be back. Forgive the inconsistencies. You know, sometimes I try to tell people when they ask me like why aren't you consistent i say well it's because i'm being consistent as something else and i know that sounds strange but that's kind of the real deal and inshallah i'm gonna do my best to keep these podcasts coming uh they're important for me and i know that people alhamdulillah have shown that they really benefited i saw some people mashallah show me some love on spotify and their year-end reviews I was really honored and I'm thankful and appreciative to be sincere with you and to keep it 100 um, to like really, really let you know that thanks. I appreciate that. Like, love, share, right? That's what we say. And today we're going to talk about something important. I had a conversation a few days ago with a friend of mine um, and I noticed, you know, politics is hot, man. Everybody's talking about politics in America. And don't get me wrong, you know. Politics is important. We know that that there's a place for politics in our lives, but I just wonder sometimes if we get so caught up in the process that we forget the foundations and then like we, we end up perhaps neglecting things, which are, as I said earlier, we're consistent in something, then that means we're not consistent in something else. So we try to achieve balance, you know, as the Prophet Muhammad said, that the best affairs are the balanced affairs. And we know that People, even in the time of the prophet, became religiously imbalanced. And he said to them, listen, man, I sleep and I pray, I fast and I break my fast and I'm married, right? Like, So who turns away from my sunnah is not 
part of me or not from me, Sunnah meaning the prophetic tradition that we should follow in seeking guidance. So I was talking to this friend of mine. We were having some coffee, man. I'm straight black with nothing in it except maybe a little, you know, stevia. But as we were talking, he just like, he went on this really kind of powerful rant, you know what I'm saying, for like about a good 25 minutes. And when he was done, I said, look, man, I, I really appreciate you sharing with me your political philosophy, but moving into 2020, and he's Muslim, I said, I want to ask you a question. He was like, what? And I said, what's your political theology? And we both kind of like froze, you know, because we both realized we just ran into a wall. Like as Muslims outside of some of the works of people who preceded us or even the actual physical acts of insurrection. And I'm thinking, of course, of like Malcolm X, Malik Shabazz, Rahimahullah. Um, to find a political theory which to find like political theology in the English-speaking Muslim community is very difficult. You can find some things in Arabic like Dr. Rashid Al-Ghanoushi, he has some good stuff. And then of course you have like HT that's long since been producing kind of their own sort of political messaging and so on and so forth. And then of course, you know, on the periphery of orthodoxy, you know, beyond that periphery, you have, of course, like jihadists. But within, like, the mainstream bulk of American Muslims in particular, you'll be hard-pressed to find something that really goes into a systematic analysis and recommendations for what could be considered political theology. You know, the word theology is he and I were talking because we both froze and he he began to express to me like, man, this is incredibly frustrating because there is this feeling among some people, rightfully so, that like, you know, the religious leadership of the community is just like pulling out, you know, just taking target practice at activists in the community. But like, there is this sense of like, whatever we do, we're getting hammered by religious scholarship but this religious scholarship has not provided us the proper language, the grammar to like craft and think about quote unquote political theology. And then we begin to expand this into a lot of other areas. And we realized that one of the biggest crises of the Muslim community in the English speaking world, particularly I'm speaking to my community that I serve in New York City, is one of language is one of language. And if you look historically, right, early scholars were bold enough to begin to encapsulate ideas with language, like the science of Tajweed, the science of Arabic grammar, the science of spirituality, the science of theology. What what they did is took the raw materials, if you will, the ore of religion, and then they created like language around it, like ikhfa, idram, ma'ani, badir, all these kind of interesting terms which are talking about a certain science. They didn't exist in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that's something for you to think about. You can go listen to my podcast that just because the Prophet didn't do something does not mean that it's wrong. So here we see the faculties of Islam really are the attempts to encapsulate vocabulary. Uh, vocabulary is attempt to encapsulate ideas and terminology and then that turns into like a pedagogy and then you have, um, you know, institutions that grew out of this. And in fact, According to Dr. Hassan al-Shafi, great scholar in Egypt now, man, he's hit 90, mashallah. He says that this development happened until the 8th century, where really what's recorded is the last kind of subsection 
of Islamic theology was crafted what was called ilmu wada. Um, and since then, unfortunately, man, we've been kind of stuck in park. And that's another discussion on tajdeed. But I wanted to share with you, and let's, let's like come back down a little, you know what I'm saying? We, we don't need to go too far away with this. Some words of Sheikh Ahmed Zarouk. Um, Sheikh Ahmed Zarouk, of course, you know, without Alif and Lam, Sheikh Ahmed Zarouk, excuse me, um, was from Libya. He lived, you know, in the ninth century. I believed he died like 899 after Hijri. And he was known as Sheikh al-Islam. And, and he, he did something that a number of scholars have done, but he tried to do it, and brilliantly so, in the science of spirituality or tazkiyat al-nafs or tasawwuf. And what he did was he wanted to root tasawwuf back in the sacred text, which is called ta'seel. And after ta'seel, you have what's called iqama, which is to establish something. So you root it, tusnid shay' li asli, you know, you, 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 you root something, an idea, a thought, a practice in a foundation, and then you sprout it. And this idea is called ta'seel and tahseel. Um, and it was something that existed in our community pedagogically for a number of years and, and took place only in a few sciences. So, for example, you can think about the qawaid al-fiqiyya, right? These are these foundational principles that root the actions of fiqh. Um, you can think about al-qawaid al-usuliyya, the foundations of usul fiqh that regulate the rulings, the theories of fiqh, right? And and you'll find, like, for example, scholars mentioned, like, how many verses of Qur'an and hadith are there that have, like, qawaid usuliyya or al-qawaid al-fiqiyya? So I believe, you know, uh, some scholars said that the qawaid al-fiqiyya are anywhere from 200 to 600 in the Qur'an. You know, like, Allah will not burden a person more than they can bear. And then this principle, right? You can apply this. I'm sure everyone listening, we may have even said that today, that verse of Quran. That's a principle. And then, so you would take an idea, you would root it in that principle, and then you would grow that idea out. And now you can really appreciate the work of the madhabs in acts of worship that they were, you know, rooting and growing, rooting and growing. Ta'seel and tahsil. So he, he touches on this in his book. He does something unique and he does this with the science of tasawwuf because he was concerned and I, I gave a lecture about this around a year ago and I teach this book actually on Swiss. Uh, inshallah, I'm going to teach it. So enroll Swiss, swahibweb.com slash Swiss. That's my school. All my classes, $10 a month. You get texts, evaluations and so much more. Just $10 a month help a brother out. You know what I mean? But inshallah ta'ala, we're going to be teaching this book there soon with a translation. So what he tries to do is do this with tasawwuf because during his time, the science of tasawwuf, which is ihsan, has divided, you know, into those who completely reject it and then those who have taken it into like some weird, weird, weird stuff. So in order to, you know, kind of centralize tasawwuf on revelation, he performs what's called ta'seel. He does this proof of certain positions taken in Tasawwuf and then follows those positions as they evolve from theory to practice and shows how that they can be guided and continually supported by Sharia. We could also think about this in the, in the guise of like political theology. 
You have certain notions out there because when we don't have a nomenclature, then we have to use someone else's nomenclature. And that makes us suspect from the very beginning that the ideas that we've adopted and the lenses and constructions by which we are seeing things from are not from our sacred sources. You can understand this is a problem. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first thing he teaches Sayyidina Adam, Prophet Adam, is how to employ a nomenclature. Right? We taught Adam the names of all things. And it was that knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, uh, so Allah says he created Adam, he shaped Adam, he breathed life into Adam, and then he ordered the malaika to prostrate to him. Why? Because of the knowledge that Allah had given him, right? That's why it's called the sajda of takrim. But the point is that the ability, as Imam Zimakhshari mentions in Kashaf, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he taught Adam, we believe as Muslims, how to utilize terminology. And we live in a time now, man, where these terminology battles, as one person told me, the left is arguing about words and the right is getting things done, man. And the left, for people who may identify to a certain degree to the center left or the far left, you know, it's something to think about because that that person said that to me, man. They were they were going in on me as my friend. I was like, you know what, you got a point. But our causes, of course, are much more greater than that. So when we when we employ these kind of axioms and we think about this process of ta'seel and tahsil, that allows us to emancipate ourselves from existing constructions pertaining to any ideas politics, education, economy, culture, entertainment, religion, you name it, right? When we employ the process of dipping those ideas in the sacred and then allowing them to blossom in the sacred, we immediately emancipate ourselves from the uh, evaluation uh, that's going to come, say, with other constructions and other ideas. Now we're able to evaluate in a way where we are not restricted by like say what's popular what's being pushed in the media what's being social crafting right we are able to go back to our sacred sources so it's kind of deep it's kind of dope so what i wanted to do is read this portion of the qawaid at-tasawwuf of the city ahmed and this is the fifth foundational principle that he mentions and really what he's giving you to to make this much more simpler is he's giving you the recipe and the grammar and the ingredients on how we can live a life of ihsan. Because, you know, he's framing tasawwuf as ihsan, to worship Allah as though you see him. Which he says is husnu tawajju ilallah, right? Is to turn to Allah sincerely. The Quran says they were commanded to make religion purely for God. He's going to talk about that as an idea is great. And this is where Usul al-Fiqh comes in and how he marries Usul al-Fiqh with Tasawwuf. He says, that's that's a cool idea, but it's very subjective, right? Ihsan is a subjective idea unless we subject it to the parameters and the, the grammar of Usul al-Fiqh. 
So check this out, man. This is really, really cool. And what we're going to talk about today is this axiom. And then next time I'm going to read from the Muatta uh, of Imam Malik, which is, you know, mashallah, the most authentic book of hadith out there, where we're going to talk about the first, had the, the first hadith and how we should engage each other when we're an, doing an analysis of the ta'seel and the tahseel. Right? How, how do we then react to people who may have mistakenly planted an idea or did not plant an idea in the sacred soil of Sharia? That's Nasiha. So you can see how all this comes together. Or if they act on something which is founded, but they act in a wrong way, how then do we uh, react to that? Especially now in an age where people, like, it's like there's an article I saw, I just said everybody's traumatized, man. I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that there is an attempt to create melancholy in society in general at a, at a broader cultural level. So, you know, stay with Allah. You know what I mean? Stay with what's right. Stay with your family and don't buy into it. But how do we then correct people um, and engage people and think about our own ideas uh, in a way that's like caring and invested in, in helping that idea either grow or change course. We'll talk about that next time when we read um, from the hadith of Urwa and his engagement with Umar uh, ibn Abdul Aziz radiallahu anhuma. Now, here we go. Check out what Sidi Ahmad Zuruq says, and you can apply this to everything in your life because we're ordered to be muhsineen in every majal min majalatil right we're, we're commanded by god to be people of excellence so whether it's in parenting whether it's you know being an imam whether it's driving uber whether it's on your way to work right now a lot of people told me i listened to it on the way to work what's up workers do ah man may allah bless you to have a great day today inshallah we can think about how do we direct our lives towards living for god how do we live with purpose and how do we examine our ideas and our thoughts instead of reacting to impulse? How do we become more deliberate in ensuring that they are rooted and in accordance with faith? So the Sheikh he says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, Isnadu Shay'i li Aslihi. You know that Isnad, you know, when you tastanid ala shay, like you you lean on it. You you, you, you it holds you up. So Isnadu Shay means now to to root something, ta'silu, to root something, li asli. And what he means here is that an idea or an action or a notion, what you've got to do is root that in al asl, the foundations. And what he means here by the foundations is the Quran and Sunnah. So that means now knowledge of the Quran and Sunnah is extremely important because the job of someone who has that knowledge is to root themselves and root others and think critically about what's going on around that person so that they can advise or encourage the good work that people do. So he says, Isnadu shayli aslihi, you know, rooting something or establishing something in its foundation. So I have an idea. I want to do charity. So then I find a general verse in the Quran or Sunnah right, that commends charity. And there are like so many of them. So there's the asl. And usually the asl, and I want you to remember this, is going to be 
uh, we say ijmad, and it's going to be a text which is very general. It's not going to be something specific. It's interesting to know that the Quran is largely a book of universals. For my lawyers out there, the Quran is a shatabi al-Maliki mentions that the Quran is a book of universals because that allows these principles can be applied in every aspect of our life. It's very beautiful, subhanAllah. And that's kind of one of the, the wisdoms in Islam being the final testament, if you will. So the Shaykh, he says, Isnaru shayli aslihi. And this is this is really really excellent. He says, you know, any idea or act or notion that you have, you want to be able to root that and 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 you know like stake that into its foundational principle. And then once that happens, you want to be able to establish it. And of course, this is all metaphor means when you start to unpack this idea or this notion or this thing you wanted to do, as it grows, it's gonna become more complex. And as, that beco as it becomes more complex, it's going to need specific evidences to shape it. So you could look at an idea or an action like clay, you could look at the isnad of it, like you, 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 you are rooting it or you're staking it into something, the tawseel of it is like you started to like put it and it, it, it's 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 spinning in front of you. There's that clay and your hands are wet. And then the qiyam fihi bi dalili hil khas is you now shaping that clay into a cup or into a, a, a bowl or whatever you're trying to make, a pot. So those specific evidences now are coming in at different moments to shape it. And that's going to start with your hands on it and then you're going to finish it and then you're going to make sure that there's no cracks in it and you're going to take it off and you're going to make sure that you polish it correctly. Then you're going to put it in the oven. You got to make sure the oven is the right temperature and then you got to make sure you don't take it out too early. So the metaphor that I'm giving you, right, is this is how we should look at ideas and actions, political or otherwise. And if we don't have the ability to do that, we should learn about those things that we're interested in and then we should ask our teachers and that's how we also open up the process of learning to religious educators to have conversations with them about the specifics of our life that's why imam zuhri uh ibn shihab zuhri we're going to talk about next time inshallah because he's in the muwatta and he's actually in the hadith that we're going to mention or the narration excuse me that we're going to mention you know he during eid would come back to his home city from damascus he would go to medina and he would like khatib al-baghdadi says he would meet with everybody even like the elderly people the elderly women the children he would just be like yo what's up man what's going on in your life man tell me what's tell me what's going on nowadays and and that's very important because he understands that he has to create the hisor, uh, the, the, the the horizontal relationships have to intersect with the vertical relationship, right? Faith has to meet life. Life has to meet faith. Neither can function without without the other. So the Sheikh he says, So let me give you an example. I said charity earlier, and then let me say that I decided, hey man, I want to do a fantasy football tournament, you know, with my MSA or with a mosque. And I'm going to ask, you know, people to get in and put some money into it. And we're going to do this fantasy football. It's going to be amazing. So the initial idea is charity. That's a good thing. That's the ta'seel of it. That's the isnad of it. But now it seems like I'm leaning towards like gambling or wagering. So if I bring out specific evidences, right, 
For example, Allah says, you should avoid gambling. I'm now going to have to adapt the clay of that idea to make sure that it aligns with its asl. So we find in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that he allowed the Sahaba to race horses and wager as long as the pot went to a third-party charity, which was beyond explicitly or implicitly any of the participants so i could say listen we're going to do fantasy football we're all going to put money into it and then the money the pot that comes out we're all going to give it to yemen we're all going to give it to kashmir we're all going to give it to a local nonprofit. we're all going to give it to fight climate change now i've shaped the pottery i've shaped the pot and it is in adherence bi dalilihi al khas to the specific demands of the sacred just wanted to model that for you see how that worked you could do this with anything he says something really beautiful bihi he says when you do this isnadu shay'i li aslihi wal qiyamu fihi bi dalilihi al khas bihi yadfa'u qawl al munkiri bi haqiqatihi because when you do that when you take on an undertaking and you root it and then you grow it and you and you look after it with specific evidences, that is going to now protect you from people who are not going to agree with you or are going to question the validity of what you're doing. So first and foremost, I'm doing this for Ihsan. I want this for God. So charity, I'm going to say, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for who you khalifu, right? Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Anfiqu, you know, spend in the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, numerous, you know, Anfiqu faqalik, spend, I'll spend on you. Ittaqu naru bilahu shaqi tamar, like fear the hellfire, even if it's with a date stone. There's too many texts, right, that show the general blessings and virtues of charity. Then I had this idea, yo, I want to do like fantasy football. I want everyone in the community to wager on their favorite teams. What, what, wait, what did you say? Wager? So now I'm. I'm I'm establishing this idea, but now specific evidences are coming in and to And these specific evidences are now going to slowly help me make sure that that general clay is going to abide by the proper conditions. So the general idea I had is now going to be specifically altered to make sure that it aligns with the commands of God. And that's how we go for Ihsan. In doing that, يَدْفَعُ قَوْلَ الْمُنْكِرِ بِحَقِيقَتِهِ That is going to then repel the criticisms of those who may have concerns with what I'm doing. And he continues and he says, Because when the truth appears in haqiqah, our lives, in relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that that appearance of something which is the truth, and the truth here meaning it's rooted properly, it's shaped with specific evidences properly, as that begins to appear and grow and get more complex, and I continue to engage in that process of shaping it and making sure that it aligns 
with the demands of Islam, that is going to undermine the foundations of those who don't agree with it. Subhanallah, man. So you could think about this process of rooting and shaping, rooting and pruning, right? Where I have these ideas, I have these impulses, these things are awesome. I want to get involved in entertainment. I want to get involved in this. I want to do this. I want to be an influencer, whatever it is, parenting. Let me root that in some kind of general foundation. If I don't know, I can ask. That's why I ask teachers. And then I begin to shape this over time by making sure that I stay in contact with people. That's why Al-Akhtari said the first obligation of a person is to understand what is the directive of God related to these actions. And then as I continue that process, I continue to look at it, think critically, uh, shape it with specific evidences and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. So what did Sidi Ahmed Zorok teach us as we move into 2020? And our community really is surrounded by so many ideologies and ideas. And we have to realize that none of those ideologies or ideas are necessarily, not they're not necessarily the truth. There may be truth there. So in order to protect ourselves and make sure that we can emancipate ourselves from the constructions of the right and the left or whatever we're involved in, and it, it could be entertainment, it could be culture, it could be athletics. I don't get caught up as Sayyidina Ali said, I'm not like a branch that's just blowing in, the, blowing in the breeze. I'm able to root my ideas properly into the Quran and Sunnah and then shape and fashion those ideas based on specific evidences from both in coordination with people of knowledge and both of us are learning from one another we are teaching the people of knowledge our nomenclature and our experiences and they are helping inform us theologically and now we're moving towards a, a uh, you know an athletic practice which is rooted in serving god an artistic practice which is rooted in serving god a political theology and so on and so forth. Next time, inshallah, we're going to talk about our reaction to people who don't necessarily root it or root it properly. And we're talking here about not people who do that purposely because we, we want to have husnul dhan with the Muslims. So we should assume that when people make mistakes, their niyyah is correct. But then how do we engage the believers in trying to help them shape their clay and help us shape our clay we're going to do that by reading a hadith from the muatta of sayyidina imamina amarik amen it's always great to be with you remember if i said something that you don't agree with that's a good thing because that means you're listening right that means you're listening but i i would encourage you to really think about writing this stuff down the process of making sure that an act is an act of ihsan isnaduhu thumma al-qiyamu bihi so rooting it in its foundational texts, its general principles, the general qawaid of Islam, and then continuing to shape that based on the specific evidences. And I gave the example earlier of the charity where fantasy football, if we were going to gamble on it and one of us is going to win the pot, would be absolutely haram. But according to the sunnah and the actions of the sahaba, if we were to pull ourselves out of being the recipients of the pot but made that pot for a charity right or a local mosque or whatever then that will be acceptable because now we have an evidence for that we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you and bless all of us barakallahu feekum 
والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله